0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New year. Oh, so good to see you. Well, looking back over this past year, that's <laughs> so cool. so happy to see you. Looking back over the past year, I feel gratitude for a lot of things. Yeah. I feel sorrow and loss, a lot of things, confusion. I feel a full range of feelings looking back over the past year. It's been amazing. I feel grateful that we're here. Here we are. Amazing. We've lost some people. All of us have had a lot of loss. This is our dear member, Robert Emery, who passed away just uh, last week, the 23rd, after a long illness, five months. And um, he's all around us. He's built so many things here. He built the uh, sutra card drawers over there to our specifications. We said, we want something kind of like this (laughs) (laughs) this table in front of the altar. So many things everywhere. We love to do that for us. The reason, why did we chant the uh, Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi today? Um, I want to talk a little bit about intention because something about resolutions comes up around New Year's. I always like to make New Year's resolutions. So the quality of intention that we all have in there, it's very powerful. It's actually a superpower in our mental continuum. The force of intention. It's so powerful that we often kind of don't know how to use it. So it goes astray. But um, why did we chant the song of the precious mirror samadhi today? I wanted to chant that because this is a song about you. This is a song that Dongshan wrote, founder of Soto Zen, um, about you. You... It's holding up the jewel mirror to you. And so this is a description of what he saw. And since we're all alike in many, many ways, this is you when you read the song of the jewel mirror samadhi, mirroring you. So Dungshan, we talk about him as the founder, and he is the founder. Uh, he, when we say Soto Zen, he's the toe, because. Tozan is one way of saying his name, and Dung Chan is one way of saying his name, and he was a long time ago, like 10th century China, but um, looking back at him centuries later, people said he's the one who started this, this way of doing Buddhism, this way of doing Zen, so he he's the founder. He didn't think of himself as the founder. Of course, he just thought of himself as, well, we just read how he thought of himself, But he was playful, serious, um, all these things, very experienced. He didn't think of himself as the founder of a big stream. I'm sure he would be very happy to know that. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Just the same way that Buddha didn't think of himself as founding something that would be called the path of awakening. I don't think he thought of himself. Although... When in Buddhist scriptures, he often says he's part of an ongoing path. He didn't found it. He's just carrying it forward. So he did describe himself as being on the path that then he wanted to open out to us. So this is a song of praise and a song of praising you and your mind. So you just read praise of yourself and your true nature. That's a good way to start the new year. So this song is a, meant to allow us. So the song of the precious mirror, samadhi. So what is samadhi? Samadhi is the calm meditative state. And there are many levels of it in describing Buddhism, kind of calm, like we are right now. And then there's a deeper calm where Things start to get blurry around the edges. And then there's calm where you're making no distinctions among categories. All those are different samadhis. So this is a song of a when you look in this mirror, you can have that kind of calm. When you really look in that mirror, you can have the deepest kind of samadhi. That's what Dungshan meant when he wrote this for us. So when we look in our mirror... When we look inside, it's a little like um, catching a glimpse of oneself when you don't expect it. It's like, oh, no. And then at least me. Then I kind of rearrange myself to be, oh, this is, that's me. Yeah. I'm not this person who's kind of walking down. I'm, oh, no. There I am. <laughs> so when we look in our mirror, this precious mirror, it's hard for us to let go of wanting it to look a certain way. It's hard for us. And then maybe we get distracted and we see all the things that we don't want. Then, you know, we get drawn to the things we wish we could change. We get drawn to um, various things. It's hard for us to just let go and play with it, which is why it's so important that our way is a playful way. That's how we let go of all these descriptions of ourselves. We play with all these images of ourselves. This is what... Dungshan wants us to do what everybody wants us to do. And the song is meant to give us, allow us to have a fuller idea of who we are, a fuller idea of all the possibilities. Let go of our little categorizing of ourselves. We say in various chants that we do, we want to let go of ideas of gain and loss, uh, good and bad, um, fame and whatever it was, you know, blame. Um, we actually drop all those when we look in our mirror. Very hard for us to drop those things. I'd like it to be a little more. I'd like it to be a little less. But when we're playing and when we're looking into these beautiful poems, when they're showing us ourselves, it's way beyond our little notions of who we are. And if only I could be a little more or a little less or something. Here we are. This is miraculous. There we are. There you are. This is miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Dung Shan's final awakening, although I'm sure he kept waking up, um, he studied with a great teacher named Yun Yun and eventually left his teacher. There are many stories. I'm going to tell you a little story later, although it's after he it had left Yun Yang. But um, Yunyan had given him, like, Dharma transmission and said, go off and teach. And so, or maybe Dengshan decided he should go off. But the parting was was a bit poignant. Leaving in China, you might not see each other again, ever. Um, So they left. But Dengshan still didn't feel, looking in his own mirror, like he really got it. Um, something was a little bit not sufficient for him. So he walked away and he walked across a bridge and glanced down. And in the stream, the moving waves of the stream, he got a glimpse of himself and then he woke up. Then seeing his wobbly face in that stream, he woke up and he wrote this poem. So. Next time you're crossing a stream, look down for a glimpse of your wobbly self and think about (laughs) doing He saw himself in that wobble. So this play idea, and (laughs) Reverend Gyozhan gave a really, really, really swell talk about humor a couple of weeks ago. This play is really important, and this endeavor is founded in a spirit of play our land out there, Auspicious Proud West, is founded in a spirit of play. So, just like in the Lotus Sutra, when um, the Buddha compared founding monasteries to children building up sandcastles, it's done in a spirit of play. It's not like it has to be like this. It's you do it in a spirit of play and then you relax with it. This is what monasteries are founded in. And this one, as I said recently, is also founded in a spirit of playful joy. And again, we have a founder here, Louise, one of our founders, founder Kogan, and all of you are founders of this endeavor. Founder Tim, old timers, but all of you now are really old timers. (laughs) (laughs) And our endeavor is founded with the playful hope that everybody coming here will relax their categories about who they think they are And what we think is going on in the world. Can we do that? Can we be playful? And not just replace it with a whole bunch of um, categories. So I have one of my definitions of play that I really liked. This is from a guide to play therapy for children. Play is behavior that is intrinsically motivated. It comes from within. Focused on means rather than ends. Distinct from exploratory behavior. It's just play. Not trying to get something or find out something. It's just the activity is it. It's non-literal. It involves pretense. We're going to succeed. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be fun all the time. And you can change the rules. But you can't. (laughs) I get to make my rules. Okay, you can change them. (laughs) It's free from externally imposed rules. And finally, it's actively, not just passively, engaged in by the players. Here we are. So in this song, the song of the jewel, Mir Samadhi, um, one of the paragraphs is one of the verses is the teaching of suchness has been intimately communicated the teaching of suchness has been intimately communicated the teaching of of real reality flowing underneath everything has been intimately communicated we're in the same stream by buddhas and ancestors Now you have it, so keep it well. Filling a silver bowl with snow, hiding a heron in the moonlight. Taken as similar, they're not the same. When you mix them, you know where they are. The meaning is not in the words, yet it responds to the inquiring impulse. So this snow in a silver bowl and hiding a heron in the moonlight Um, I'm going to talk about fire in a minute because after that he says, turning away and touching are both wrong for it's like a massive fire. I'm going to talk about fire in a minute. But, um, oh, and I'm also going to talk about the line about when about to fulfill the way of Buddhahood, one gazed at a tree for 10 eons. So I'm going to talk about fire and trees. But right now, what I wanted to say was that being able to see Suchness, a real nature, is like looking at snow in a silver bowl. It's there. But we need this kind of samadhi to see the difference between the snow and the silver bowl. And we need um, spacious settings. Actually, we need nature to help us see the heron in the moonlight. What's the heron in the moonlight? It's other things that we don't see. I'll tell you now, this is my, one of my, uh, uh, what do you call it, my ending lines. But one one of the things that is like the heron in the moonlight, white heron or silver heron in moonlight, is other things that are going on in the atmosphere, other things in the mirror. All the Bodhisattva vows, all the love of the Buddhas, that's in there also. Hard to see snow on the silver bowl. But... Because I'm sort of a nerd, I mean, I really am a nerd. um, What is a tree? Dogen says in founding a monastery, you need to have a mind of grass and trees. What is a tree? In the poem, Dengshan praises somebody who gazed at a tree for 10 eons. What is a tree? trees have intention just like we do you know we're full of intention we think it's all about this mental activity but you know the fingernails keep growing the blood keeps pumping around the heart doing a lot of work lungs we're full of intention only a little bit of it do we actually recognize so trees are full of intention they're intentional beings and what's happening <laughs> Carbon and oxygen want to be together. They have intention to. So carbon and oxygen really like to be together. And when oxygen hits a piece of wood, but like a tree, oxygen is floating around trees and it hits that tree and it kind of wants to be with the wood, but it can't because it's not going fast enough. So how do you make them go faster? They need to go faster because of heat. The sun speeds them up, and they hit the tree. And then this thing called photosynthesis, we give it a name. But it's actually the carbon and the oxygen in carbon dioxide wanting to be together, wanting to break the carbon dioxide in the air and join it with the carbon in the tree. Isn't that cool? And then it releases extra oxygen, which we like because we need to breathe that stuff. But actually what's happening at the atomic level is that these atoms want to be together. And when the sun is shining and providing enough light and heat, it allows them to break up and bond. And then the sun is going into the tree also. It's stored in that action. Isn't that cool? (laughs) I didn't invent this. (laughs) This is a description of what's happening by a very playful, incredibly important genius scientist named Richard Feynman. This is how he describes what a tree is. So when he says that, and then of course there's water, but the water that enters the tree also comes from the air and then it lands in the earth and comes up. There's very little that actually comes from the ground that composes a tree some minerals and things like that. Everything else comes from from the air. So Richard Feynman, looking at a tree for 10,000 eons, says a tree is mostly air. And yet it has this intention. And right now it's got this other intention, some of these trees out here, because it's an intentional act on the part of the tree It has this little scissor-like action at the end of the twig where the leaf is, and the tree cuts, makes that cut so the leaf drops. It's not the wind. It's the tree saying, time for you guys to go. Isn't that amazing? Full of intention. So to found a monastery, Dogen says, you have to have a mind like of a mind of grass and trees, this kind of spacious intention. So um, (laughs) Richard Feynman says, the carbon dioxide, oxygen, and carbon combine together really tight. And he says, how is the tree so smart that it undoes that? How does it take the oxygen and carbon apart? He says, that's where he says, it's the sun. The sunlight is coming down and doing the work of separating the oxygen from the carbon. The oxygen is a byproduct that it spits out into the air for us to breathe. So the tree is formed by the intentional action of, I say, I get to say this, (coughs) the intentional action of the atoms. Isn't that amazing? So then later, what is fire? Fire is when, like we take a tree, now we call it, take some of it and we call it firewood. We have this firewood and we put it in a fire and the carbon and the oxygen would prefer to be a get together again. The the action of the carbon and the oxygen want to be together again, but it takes a lot of activity. So first you need this heat from the a little bit of heat to get it going, and then it starts getting really active. The appearance of a fire is the action of those two things, those ad- atoms of carbon and oxygen reforming and releasing the heat from the sun that had bo- bonded them together in the first place. So what what flames are is the sun going back out. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> So that's what's happening when we burn a log, or we don't burn the log. The carbon and the oxygen are doing their thing together and letting the sun go back out. And we like the heat. Okay, so what is heat? So, we think that we're different from air and carbon. We think we've got, and we are, of course, we have this consciousness which is a gigantic mystery, but actually we are doing at the atomic level the exact same series of things. The atoms are doing all this stuff. If we look in our jewel mirror, that's what we see. We see all sorts of intention operating for our benefit. Tons of it. The part that we have... We could activate some of those little cutter things if we wanted to with our intention. Oh, there's a leaf. Maybe. But we see and only under can we see and understand only as far as our eye of practice can reach. And what is seeing? So what we have when we're seeing, we have a tiny little opening in the middle of our eye. We have a tiny little one-eighth black hole that allows in tiny little wavelengths. So, And it's very, very tiny. So, for instance, for example, I'm aimed out here. I see Trisha really, really well because she's right in the one-eighth inch um, aperture that I can see through. But there's still lots and lots of light activity. So I know Vicky's over here because I saw her earlier. I know Tim's over here because I saw him earlier. They can see each other. I can't see them. So all of that light activity is going on. I can only capture this tiny bit. You see, Michael? That's it. That's all I can see. Meanwhile, this room is full of all that those wavelengths going on behind me and around me and above me that I'm not opening to. And then... There's other stuff. There are waves of what I can perceive with my skin, heat in the room. There's some waves like that. It's a little bit bigger. And out at our land, our, I say our, totally inclusively, out at our land, some of the sentient beings out there, one of them is called a pit viper, copperhead, is that what it is, copperhead. Really nice snakes, really. They do not want to mess with you. They just, so if you see one, you know, let it go away. It really doesn't want to mess with you because it's a pit viper. It has a little pit in its forehead that senses heat. It sees heat. So it can look out and see um, a mouse, which is about the right size. But if it looked out and saw Leo, it's not interested. It can see something too big. You know, it would only go for Leo if Leo threatened him, which you would never do. <laughs> <laughs> so there are creatures that see heat. We don't. We but we sense it. That's another wave in the air. And then if we did something like have a radio, we would pick up radio waves. That's in the air. cosmic rays are in the air. What are the gravitational waves are in the air? Infrared. Is that heat? Yeah. Uh, Microwaves in the air. All of that is here. It's absolutely packed with activity. Isn't that cool? (laughs) And only a tiny bit of it do we see or feel. Just a very tiny bit of it. So we see and understand only as far as our eye of practice can reach. And we live in this world of Packed world of activity. So, pit viper. I'm so glad I got to give a lecture that talks about pit vipers. <laughs> <laughs> I love my life. So, Dung Shan about categories in case 98 of the Book of Serenity, and in a few other places, we hear this story, but Uh, and I think you guys are all in a state of samadhi, nice and relaxed, a monk came to Dungshan and said, which of the three bodies of Buddha does not fall into categories? And Dungshan said, I am always close to this. And that's a pretty important story in our school. So the three bodies of Buddha are the Dharmakaya body, the Samogakaya body, and the Nirmanakaya buddhi. B- buddhi. B- B- Buddha's buddhi. <laughs> <laughs> <Nirmanakaya>. Buddha. <body>. <laughs> <laughs> We've never seen Buddha's buddhi, do we? <laughs> We've never seen <laughs> Oh, I think I want tea. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the dharmakaya body of Buddha, dharma is all things and kaya means body. So that body is all things, that's everything. So that's Buddha. And when we're walking on the ground, when we have our feet on the ground, we're feeling the body of Buddha. We're looking at it. We're in the middle of the body of Buddha. That's Dharmakaya. Sambhogakaya body is the bliss body. So the bliss body of, of realization. And then Nirmanakaya Buddha means the appearing body, Nirmanakaya body. So that would be Shakyamuni Buddha in his, in his incarnated form. So that Buddha appears. So awakening happens and it walks around. And like the Dalai Lama is an incarnation of, of compassion, of avalokiteshvara So walking around, incarnate. And But I've just put them all into categories. And this very smart monk asked the great teacher Dungshan, which of the three bodies of Buddha does not fall into any categories? And he said, I am always close to this. So the poem that he wrote to us for us to look into is about um, not falling into categories. And his answer was, I'm always close to this. So another line in that poem is, it is like a massive fire, turning away and touching are both wrong. So like a fire, like a massive fire, to um, turn away from it, we freeze to death. To grasp it, we hurt ourselves or get burned completely up. So turning away and touching are both wrong because if we we, uh, turn away from this issue of categories and who we really are, we lose ourselves. If we turn away from our true nature, we're just totally in categories. If we turn away from that image of the snow in a silver bowl, we just settle for a bowl and some snow or some herons and some moonlight. Like, we turn away. I'm just going to settle. We grasp it. We, we uh, I have another story about that. If we grasp it, then we fall into all sorts of trouble. Like, for instance, we get stuck in the undifferentiated. We get stuck in um, no categories. So there are lots of ways to get stuck in our practice, and that's why play is so important, because that's what gets us unstuck. Giving ourselves a hard time doesn't help. That's just another category. It's play that gets us unstuck. So... um, My other story about this turning away and touching is about another um, great monk. He didn't start out great. That's a joke. (laughs) None of of them. I mean, we start out, Oh, we end up the same. We start out as regular human beings and we end up as regular human beings. So here he is, a great monk. And it's kind of relevant because um, it's about this getting stuck, but it's also about bamboo. And there's so much bamboo out on our land, three groves, and it keeps appearing everywhere, doesn't it? <laughs> Last time we were out there, everyone goes on on earth, but long, like, I don't know, lots and lots of the bamboo that needed to be moved somewhere else. Okay. So in this story, this is in Dogen's Sounds of Valley Streams about the pebble striking the bamboo. It's about nature. A lot of you know this story. Pebble striking bamboo. Ready to hear it? Okay. <laughs> so there was a sincere monk practicing with Guishan, a great teacher. Every We should have a whole course on Guishan. Really, really great teacher. And this guy had been practicing with Guishan for a long time. And Guishan sort of stopped him in the corridor and said, you are bright and knowledgeable. Say something about yourself before your parents were born. But don't use words learned from commentaries. Do You get that? Say something about yourself before your parents were born. Do you get that? Can you describe it? It's like before all the impulses, all the intentions, all the things that make you, all the air, everything that makes you, who you were before your parents, before the category started. Say something about that, but don't refer to the commentaries, he said to this monk. The monk, Zhang Yan, tried and tried, but could not say anything. Then he did what I would do, He poured through many books he had collected over the years (laughs) but could not come up with anything. So he burned the books and said, a painting of a rice cake does not satisfy hunger. I will be just a cooking monk not expecting to understand Buddha Dharma in this lifetime. After some time of serving the community in this way, he said to Guishan, My mind is undifferentiated. I cannot speak. Would you speak for me? Wei Shan said, I wouldn't mind explaining it to you, but if I did, you would resent me in the future. So he left. Zhang Yan left. He left the monastery and built a hut far away on the southern mountain on on the remainders of this famous teacher's hut, Nanyang's hut, and he lived in the forest. He main, he meticulously maintained his little hut. For company, he planted some bamboo. And one day, while sweeping his little hut patch, a pebble flew up and struck a bamboo. At that unexpected sound, Jiang Yan had thorough awakening. After bathing and cleansing himself, he faced Mount Gui, Shan, offered incense and said, Shan, if you had spoken for me at that time, this could not have happened. Your kindness is deeper than my parents. So, Dung Shan knows that even though he writes this Song of the Jewel Mirror to show us who we really are, it still is something that we have to, we will get it, we do, we get it, on our own. And that's when we really hear the bamboo. So um, looking around in our our mirror, we see things that are already there. And Tension Roshi, during our November retreat, had beautiful things to say about what's already there in our mirror. Already compassion, already wisdom, already awakening. Already love, already peace. It's already there. It's already. It's already arrived. So our playful spirit, as we go forward into this new year, and our uh, the teachings from our from our old teachers and sort of guide us and show us the way. Show us what we already know. What we already have, and uh, together we'll take care of this new year. In each other in the media. And just to be playful, closing it with uh, Dungshan's ending line Practice secretly, working within, like a fool, like an idiot. Just to continue in this way, it's called the host within the host. Thank you. Thank you.